get your Bible, please turn to Psalm chapter number 51. Psalm chapter number 51. Should be right in the middle of your Bible if you're not familiar with your Bible. And a lot of folks today are not. Uh, right in the middle of your Bible, the largest book in the Bible is the book of Psalms. And so I want you to turn to Psalm chapter number 51. Psalm chapter number 51. I need a young lady. Uh, uh, Alyssa, won't you come up here and share your Bible with these young ladies, please? And I need Deborah. Would you would you help me, please? Would you mind? I need you to come up here and share your Bible with these two people right here. You need to be in the front row anyway, Deborah. I've been watching you lately. You need to get real close to the altar, right in between those two, and share your Bible. Miss Trudy, let her say thank you so much. I want everybody to be able to see what it is that we're talking about. You're never going to get familiar with your Bible until you become familiar with your Bible. That's why we come here, all these deep sayings that I have. But it is true. When you think about it, it would sound obvious. But somehow we think by osmosis or just staring, we will learn these things. You won't. We're in church to learn. We're in church to follow the Lord. In order to do that, we have to know where this is at. So uh, look in your Bibles, please, to Psalm 51, verse number 10. Psalm 51, verse number 10. David, of course, in this whole thing is uh, had gone through a very tough time. He's getting his life back right with God. And here's what he says in verse 10. Create in me a clean heart, O Lord, and, listen carefully, renew a right spirit within me. Now, if you'll go to the New Testament, 2 Corinthians, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians, verse number five, uh, chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians, did I say first? 2 Corinthians, chapter 5, verse number 17. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number 17. Are you there? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Psalm chapter 51. Thank you, Jordan. I always enjoy that. Amen. And uh, what a wonderful time. Those kind of songs you want to sing on the job, you know. Just walk to your desk and just like you do here because you're not ashamed of the Lord and just raise your hand and start singing. Now, they'll think you're Pentecostal and not a Baptist, but uh, if, if you cannot persuade somebody in about 30 seconds that you're a Baptist at Pentecostal, you've got a lot to learn. Uh, you know, you'll, you'll see a preacher up here. I raise my hand. Actually, I, I like singing along with him. Uh, if I didn't have to have my mind on the message, I'd have got up here beside him and we'd have sung together. Uh, he keeps asking me that, and I, nah, I'm too good, you know. Just, nah, I don't want to do that. But uh, Psalm, cha- yeah, you're welcome. Psalm chapter number 51, verse number 10. David has uh, had a lot of problems in his life. I'll get back to this in just a moment. And here's what he says in verse number 10, chapter 51 of the book of Psalms. In chapter 51, verse 10, create in me a clean heart, O God. Here's what I want you to pay attention to. And renew. Now, to renew, you have to have something already. Okay? So he said, renew. Renew a right spirit within me. Now, I'm not going to go into why he had the wrong spirit and all that kind of stuff. I'm simply saying, I'm trying to point out that he said, it seems to me as though at one time it was right. Now, it's not. So I'd like for you to renew 
a right spirit in me. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. It's good, isn't it? 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. Down to verse number 17. Now, for those of you that just got saved, I'm glad I got saved back when people really got saved. I really am. And uh, back when I got saved, people got saved, their life changed. Today, it seems to me, people get saved and they go right on the way they were. That must be that new salvation you keep hearing people talk about. You know, it's like new math. It just doesn't add up. Uh, but it's new. That's all we care about. And uh, so I'm glad I got saved. And, you know, as soon as I got saved, I mean, things changed in a hurry. They really did. Now, it was new then. It was new. It was new. Everything was new. Church was new. People were new. I was new. Bible was new. Prayer was new. Everything was new to me. And uh, it's wonderful when everything is new. I, I like new stuff. I really do. And, uh, but that's not what I want to talk to you about t- today. Uh, look down at verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Uh, also, the same rendering would be new creation. Okay? And then he says this, old things are passed away. That's why I say I don't understand new salvation. Makes perfect sense to me. I'm I'm making light of something here. There's not new salvation, old salvation. There's one salvation. But the way that people talk about it and act nowadays, you would think there used to be a different way when preacher got saved. Back then, people came to the altar. They'd cry, sling snot, get right with God, uh, let men hug them, which I thought was kind of queer when it first happened to me. Um, Really, it was odd. I mean, I come right out of the world, uh, you know, tough guy, gangs, that kind of stuff, drugs. And I got saved, and these guys were hugging me. And then they kissed me on the cheek. And I thought, okay, well, this is different. Now, to be honest with you, I wasn't married. I didn't mind the girls hugging and kissing my cheek. And they said, oh, we're glad you got saved. And I said, oh, me too. Um, And uh, that's why we don't have hugging in here, um, because it wouldn't do some of the teenagers any good. Um, how you doing? No, okay, good, wonderful. Now, look down verse number 17. Therefore, if any man, what, how many? Any or all. Be in Christ, you're saved. He is a new creature. You have, you have a brand new nature starting to grow inside of you. Brand new one, brand new one. So old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. Okay, you follow me so far? Have you ever noticed how quickly new things can become no longer new? Am I on? Can you hear me? It becomes new, becomes normal. It happens to everything. I don't care if it's a car or a house or children or marriage or church or salvation. Pretty soon in most people's lives, new becomes normal. New becomes normal. In Proverbs chapter 27, verse 20, it says this, the eyes of a man are never satisfied. That's what it says. Now, God ought to know. Here's what we say. Oh, I got this car. Man, am I satisfied? You mean for now? Okay. Now, remember, he said all things are become new. Old things are passed away, right? Now, watch, listen to me carefully. 
In other words, it's new soon becomes normal. What is not maintained, listen to me carefully, what is not maintained, appreciated, or constantly renewed on purpose by us soon becomes average. What is average we do not value. What is average we soon, average would be this, um, oh yeah, been there, done that. Oh yeah, that too. You know, it, now it's become normal. It's become every day. It's not, it's not new anymore. It soon has lost its luster. And that which at one time we had to have, I had to have it, now is become normal. I want to preach to you about when the new becomes the norm. When the new becomes the norm. Normal becomes taken for granted. What we take for granted we do not appreciate and we devalue. Listen to me, church. What we do not maintain and take care of becomes normal. What is normal, we do not take care of and we begin to devalue its worth. We start looking at something to give us that new all over again. We miss the new. We liked it when it was new. It made us feel a certain way or look a certain way or act a certain way that we liked. But now it's normal. So it is our normal tendency to start looking for something to give us that new again, that feeling, that emotion, whatever's involved. The Bible said hell and destruction are never full. There's room for you if that's what you want to do. And in that same verse, then it closes out by saying this, neither the eyes of a man satisfied. We're always looking for something else. We're never satisfied with what we just laid our eyes on. We're always looking somewhere else. I like new cars. I don't sit there all quiet like you don't. I don't mind. Uh, I love the smell of a new car. I don't care how many uh, fragrance hangers you put in there. It's not the same thing. Uh, I, I love it. You know, you, you drive by, you see it. I mean, it's sparkling. It's clean and everything works. Now, when you first get a new car, you make a declaration of life and death. Here it is. No food and no drinks in my car. If you do, you're dying. Why? It's new and we're going to keep it that way. Amen. We're going to keep it exactly the way we got. So what you do, you wash it by hand because we all know that those goofy car washes will scratch the wax and begin to put marks in here. We all know that. So we're going to wash our car by hand with only the best materials we can find. And we're also going to wash it in the wintertime because we are not taking it to those goofy car washes. Right? We have good, why? Because everything is new. But soon, busyness does not allow us to maintain and clean. Busyness does not allow us to maintain and clean. So that once, wipe your feet off or don't get in the car. We would even tell our kids and our grandkids, uh-uh, no, no, put that peanut butter jelly back in the house, then you can get in my car. And the wife would go, honey, it's just a car. Fellas, is a new car just a car? Thank you very much. Now, so what happens is this. You remember the last trip you were on? Since that last trip, your car has always had that French fry smell in it. And you keep thinking, I don't think it came that way. 
And sure enough, come spring, you found out why it had the french fry smell. Because it had french fries in it. Now, you find out also while you were trying to at least straighten things up or pick up the trash, there is a large stain on the floor in the back. It's Coca-Cola. You finally found it. You see, then there's a rattle. I can't stand a rattle. My wife will put loose change in her car, and when she turns, she'll put stuff over in the door, so when she stops, it all rolls forward. She'll put CDs any place she can find them, so when she turns, they clap together. Drives me nuts. If I hear a noise while I'm driving, I'm looking. And so, so now you have a Coke stain. Now you have a French fry smell. Now you have a couple of scratches on the outside because it's winter and you're not going to do this by hand. Not this time. You're just not going to do it. Now you have a rattle in the car. It also, you have a little red light in there that says, oil change, oil change. Putting a piece of tape over that ain't going to help a thing. <laughs> well, it will, I'm just telling you, I'm, you take for what it's worth, it's not going to help you a bit. Now you, your tires, um, they told you they're good for 60000 but the way that you let the air go in and out of them and the way you turn corners, yeah, it didn't last. And you know all of this. And it just seems to keep mounting all the time. To tell you the truth, the car is starting to get old. It's losing its newness. It's, I don't know, it's just not the nice car it used to be when I first got it. Besides that, all these, I saw on TV a great deal on a new one. Isn't it amazing, as mine is losing its value, look at that new car. Isn't it amazing how that works? Now watch this very carefully. You go by, it's all shiny. It's all clean. So you say, I ain't buying anything. Mine's going to look. Or while your car's being worked on, what do you do? You walk around and look at the new cars, don't you? Okay. And you always look at the ones you really can't afford. And you start dreaming. Wow, that'd be nice, Right? So what happens is this. You saw a great deal on a new one. Besides that, you don't want to invest. Listen carefully. You don't want to invest any more time or effort or money in a car that's no longer new. Now, if you just bought a car, I don't know what to tell you about all this. Now, listen to me carefully. So what happens is now before you get rid of it, what do you do? You clean it up. Get an oil change. Found that french fry smell. That's out of there. I got an oil change. I got some bug be gone. Cleaned off that whole front bumper and those side mirrors. You got the whole thing done. You actually may have even invested some things in this oil change. You found the rattle. And here's what we always do. We step back and look at our car that we're getting ready to get rid of. And here's what we say. You know, that's still a nice looking car. That car still runs good. But, oh, by the way, we all know this. A clean car runs better, doesn't it? You ever notice that when you clean your car, how much nicer it runs? I don't know why that. It must be a science thing. I don't get it. But when you clean your car, it runs so much better. You say, is that true, preacher? Yeah. And uh, so now you've cleaned it up. You step back. You look at it. 
You're very pleased with your car, which kind of looks almost new again. But you realize that new has become normal to you. And when normal, when new has lost its value or been devalued and has become normal, we start looking for new again. Look up here, girls. Look up here. Look at me, okay? Right this way. It becomes normal. So what happens is we start looking for a change. We start looking for another new. Okay, let me go to something else. Your house. Now, first of all, I'm just, okay, I'll just preach. Uh, You spotted a house. I was telling some people the other day when I was 42 years old, I got my first house. He said, man, it took you a long time. Well, if you had all the problems I had, it'd take you a long time. So uh, you first get in the house. Here's what you do when you walk around. I don't, I don't care where it's located. You do this. I can fix that. Oh, that's not a big deal. Oh, yeah, I'm good at that too. Oh, yeah, we can re rent. Yeah, we just tear that wall out. You've been watching too much HGTV, haven't you? <laughs> you know those people can actually tear out an entire inside of a house and have it all put back together in 30 minutes. And they can do it day after day after day. Has that ever dawned on you? they got all the experts they can find with every tool imaginable. And you think, honey, can we do that? Don't fall for that one, fellas. Now, listen to me carefully. You first move in, you have ideas. I mean ideas. And you don't want your wife to think you're a nerd. So you tell, honey, I can fix that. Oh, yeah, I'm good at electricity. Plumbing? I was born a plumber. I can fix that. Oh, yeah, roofing. I done roofing once. I can do that. And so we start looking at paint. We can paint. I mean, we're good at everything. We can clean carpets. We can fix plumbing. You name it, we can do it. And so we're looking at this house with all kinds of promise. Why? Because it's new. And so we have all these ideas, and we start to fix the thing up. And by the way, the more you work on it, you'll stand out. I've done this before. If you haven't, I can't answer this. I've stood out on the sidewalk and looked at my house and gone, it's the best looking house around. Now, when I finally moved this last time, I'm glad I made the move, but I wish I could have taken all my landscaping with me. Because the guy who bought my house actually bought it for his curb appeal. It was really nice. If you haven't seen it, let me brag a little bit. No, anyway. Uh, and so what happens is, in your humble opinion, best looking house on the block. You know why? You invested. You maintained. You fixed it up. You made it new because it was new to you. But see, months begin to mount up. Months begin to mount up. Months begin to mount up. You know what happened? You know you were planning on painting the exterior of that house this year, but you just didn't get around to it. You know the, the fence really needed to be power washed, but didn't get to that. And those pressure-treated wood that they tell you will last forever, it wasn't the first year they began to bow And that which was like this is now like this. But you're going to fix it. You're going to fix it up. You know that leak that was in the kitchen? It's back. And it needs to be fixed again. We see all these problems. You didn't get a chance to to prune the trees or or, 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 uh, cut the shrubs. and, and, And you're looking at the house inside and outside. And all the grandchildren from here down, your your all of the paint looks like it's a different color. And all the corners, you knew when you moved in, you should have put steel corners on everything, but you didn't do it uh, because you wouldn't listen to me. So what happens is you think it's time to sell to get a new or a better place. 
Now, before you sell, there's something that we do. Do you know why you've changed your mind? Because to you, it's not new anymore. Now, I'm headed somewhere with this, okay? If you think I'm just rambling, I've got a point in all this, and I am rambling. Now, you have been letting maintenance go. You have been letting investment go undone. It slowly, out of neglect, begins to break down. As it breaks down and I can't keep up with it, I begin to, in my eyes, which are never satisfied, begin to value the house and think to ourselves, I don't want to put any more money in this house. I don't want to invest any more in this house. I don't have time to put labor into this house. Now, wait a minute. It wasn't just a few years ago you said, I can do that and I can do that and I can fix that. Man, this is going to be some kind of place when I'm done. Just like the car. Now you begin to, I'm going to sell it, and the person tells you, you know, if you do this, it would help the value. And if you do that, it would help the value. And you took their word for it. So you begin to fix things up. Now, the Bible teaches me where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. But because we did not maintain and because we did not invest and because we did not labor and because we did not give ourselves, uh, our heart's not there anymore. So that which at one time was absolutely new and we just knew it was the right place and we had to have it, now we're willing to get rid of to go get something else that's new. Now, the more you invest time and effort, listen to me carefully, the more, I, ushers, help me please. Okay, we're having a tough time down here. Yeah, I don't know if you're following. Are you okay? You all right? Okay, put that away. Pay attention to me. All right? boy. We'll be all right. All right? You look up here. Okay, don't be falling asleep on me now. Come back here and slap you good, man. I'm telling you. <laughs> the more we invest time and effort and money, the less you want to leave. Why? You make statements like this. Are you kidding me? Have you seen my house? Man, that's a nice house. The more you invest and the more you have... I see Cameron's uh, uh, Mustang. How many years old is it? Four years old. When I saw his Mustang, I looked at that. I thought it was new. Actually, I thought it was Bob Phillips. I was driving home and I saw this Mustang go by. I thought Jules was in the car with Bob. And so I, I got Bob on the phone. Now, I wasn't texting while I was driving. Um, I was making a phone call. And uh, so I called him. I said, hey, Bob, when did you hit the lottery? Uh, what, preacher? Man, that's a nice Mustang. You know, Bob, Bob okay. I said, when did you get the Mustang? Uh, preacher, I hate to tell you this. I don't have a Mustang. You don't have a black Mustang? It looks like it's trimmed in red. And it's red. Nope. Man. Okay. Well, I found out it was Cameron. Then I thought, that's a brand new Mustang. He said, no, no, it's four years old. Four years old. My eyes are never satisfied. So I'm looking at his car and saying, that's new. He looks at it and says, nope, it's not new. But he still likes the Mustang. You still like your Mustang? I hope so. Still paying for it. Uh, so what we do, we say, do you know how much time and effort and investment I have in that house? We tend to put the way we feel about things according to our effort and our money and what we gave to it. Listen to me careful. I'm headed somewhere with this. Now we get the place fixed up to sell 
and somebody says, so when are you going to sell your Mustang? I ain't selling a Mustang. Here's what we say. It still looks new, still runs new, looks like new. I'm keeping it. Besides that, it's almost paid off for if it's not already paid off. And you're saying, are you kidding me? By the way, the preacher's car is six years old. Now, don't look at it right now because it's ugly. Um, <laughs> it's old. I'm getting ready to get rid of it. Now, you say it's in good shape. Listen to me. When the new becomes the norm. Okay, you ready? Let's talk about marriage. We're going from inanimate objects to real life. Did you get the principle of what I was saying? Did you get the principle of what I was saying? Two people standing right here at the... Come up here, Alyssa, would you mind? Okay, okay, mommy, do you mind? Okay, come right up here, young lady. Okay, come up that way then, stand right here, okay? Here we are, two, uh, none of my kids are here, so two, two young people, and I've watched them. I've watched them all the time. If, if God will allow me, I'm going to go to um, Texas to watch uh, Jordan get married, and I'm going to giggle and laugh the whole time I'm there. <laughs> Here's what happens. Two young people standing right here, okay? And you got a preacher that really they're not paying any attention to at all. And the whole time they're standing, I've watched them. They will giggle. They will cry. But the whole time they're looking at each other. They're not listening to me. I'm just telling you, they're not listening to me. We're making all these eternal vows and they're not paying any attention at all. Do you know why? Their marriage is going to be different than anybody else has ever had. You have trouble, but we're different. See, you went through all that, but we know better. Because love will conquer all. <laughs> so we're going to get married. And this is so new. This is all we think about. We'll always be together. We'll go through anything together. And they're holding hands at the proper time. They're holding hands and then you say, you may now kiss the bride. You talk about funny. You talk about, I mean, it's, it's, it's so cute. It's funny. I remember when Jordan Abbey got married. Y'all, y'all here for Jordan Abbey? It, it was like, like, are we allowed? I mean, is, are we allowed now? I mean, we, are, we just got married. Can we actually kiss now? So they're, they're, you know, they're doing the veil thing. And I thought at first he's going to try to kiss her through the veil. <laughs> And so he said, it was the cutest thing. I mean, it was so innocent and pure. It was precious. It really was. But watch, all of this newness. You know why? You prepared yourself. You invested. You longed. You looked forward to. You anticipated. Man, this is going to be great. We will always be together. It was new. Listen to me, Mom and Dad. It was new. It was new. I don't care if you got married in a church before a judge. It was new. Now, what happened was this. You left from here. We call it honeymoon or over the moon, whatever you want to say, for a reason. Look at me. Honeymoon does not last. I don't care who you are. Honeymoon does not last. I'm going to try and discourage you. Listen carefully. What normally happens in, like the car, like the house, eventually busyness and reality sets in. What at one time she would make a remark and you go like, oh, honey, don't worry about it. It's, I understand. Now it's like, yeah, what's that for? What, 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 you mean something by that? Oh, yeah, you're just like your mom, aren't you? Yeah, there you go. That's reality. And so she's saying like that, don't talk about my mom. You can talk about my sisters, but you ain't talking about my mom. And so you're standing there like, when, okay, look at me. Married couples, when did this happen? 
When did we get to the point that we even actually start thinking after a few years, most divorces take place within the first five years of marriage? The larger percentage takes place in the first five years of marriage. How do we go from, I can't see anything but you, to, what do you mean by that? Oh, yeah, you like your mom, aren't you? Yeah, I've seen that before. How did, what happened? Okay, right, the new became normal. Then we begin to not respect each other like we should have. And the next thing, we think it's honest to tell the other person what we really think. That's one of the dumbest statements I've ever heard. Okay, you want honesty? You're ugly. That's cruel. You want honesty? No, you don't want honesty. You don't want honesty. You don't. You want kindness. You want the new to stay the new, right? But trouble is, the eyes of a man are never full. So what happens is when this begins to happen and there becomes this normalcy, if that's even a word, this this time of, uh, okay, you not only go to work, you volunteer to stay at work. Then she come home. Honey, you've been gone a long time. Had to work. You didn't have to work. You volunteered. And then when you come home, what do you do when you get there? I know what you did during the honeymoon. By the way, you almost got fired from a job because you couldn't leave her. Honey, I got to go. No, I really need to go. Honey, just one more. Okay, I got to go. Okay. And you're late. You know why? It was new. God gave you those lips for a reason. And it wasn't a gossip. It's a smooch. You're welcome. Now, what happens is this. The new has become normal. The person you said, whether you listen or not, till death do us part. So you getting ready to kick the bucket or what? (laughs) Watch it. I can't put up with this much longer. I am not going to go through with this the rest of my life. Is, is that what you had in mind when you first got married? Come on, come on, come on. If it was, in God's dear name, what did you get married for? Amen. But what you did was, like the car, like the house, you looked at it and said, we can build this thing. Man, this is going to be great. We'll do this together. We'll face life together. We'll make this thing happen the way it should. But the new became normal, and what is normal, we devalue. What we devalue, we quit investing in. Because, I mean, it's not going to work anyway. Okay? I'm so much cuter. That's just the way it goes. Now, so what happens is, is this. Been there and done that. When you're in the divorce court, isn't it amazing what all you always knew was wrong with that person? It never ceases to amaze me the vile spew that can come out of the mouth of two confessed Christians. How did it get to that point? The same as the car, the same as the house. So you're going to convince the judge or your in-laws or your friends how right you were. (laughs) It's got to be her. Look at her. Face turns red every time she lies. That's true. And so things begin to fall apart. Watch what happens. I'm going to go from this new, but I'm not done with new. I want another new. I have a question for you. Why did this new become normal? For the same reason the next new 
will eventually become normal. And the same reason the next new will become normal. You no longer invested. You no longer helped to maintain. You took advantage. You weren't paying attention. You were not giving. You were not, if you would, if you would, if most of us, if our dating practices were proper, and when we first got married, we acted toward one another proper. If you'd have done that the rest of your marriage, you'd have been all right. But you stopped maintaining. Busyness moved in and you said, I don't have time to wash my car by hand. I'm going to run it through that stupid car wash. Yeah, all cars get old after a while. This is what we do with relationships. And the next thing you know, that becomes very old. And I don't care what you do. You can say what you want to. matter to me. When did the new become, when it became normal? Thank you, Alyssa. I appreciate it. I hope it didn't embarrass you. So what happened is, you know, the Bible teaches me where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. Anybody have fireplace? Anybody have fireplace? Fireplaces? Fireplaces? Okay, check this out. Uh, I used to have a fireplace in our other home. I don't have one now. And uh, what you would do, now I was one of those kind of people, I'd shove in all the wood I could. I don't, I don't want a little flame. Amen. I want when you listen to you going like this. So what is that noise? Is that truck outside? No, it's fireplace. Uh, and so I, I'll sit down there. Now watch this. You can put on all the wood you want to once it gets starting. You don't have to throw water on to make it go out. All you got to do is quit throwing logs on. You don't have to throw water on a fire to put it out. Just don't keep feeding it. Do you know how, why, you ever seen a classic muscle car? Every guy that has any age on him at all or love for cars go, yeah. And you probably have something in your mind, right? Okay. 442 Oldsmobile. Yeah. Uh, and so you're looking at this and, and wait a minute, that's an old car. 442 Oldsmobile, that's an old car. A Roadrunner 383, that's an old car. That's an old car. Why does everybody want one? You say they're classics. But if they're all rusted out and sitting in the cornfield, nobody wants that one. One was neglected and at the time didn't have value even though it was new. But the one they took care of, kept clean, maintained, now it has worth. You see, after the honeymoon, reality does set in. It'll set in on everybody's life. Don't just bow your head and feel sorry for yourself. Listen to what I'm trying to teach you now. So what happens is instead of looking at this and going, you know something? Maybe we can revive this old car, put value back into it, put a little bit of labor, a little bit of, little bit of work back into this thing. Maybe we can make it something classic. I'm not talking about plastic cars today. I'm talking about cars, okay? So what happens is, just like in a marriage, she's got her job, he's got his job. He goes to his room, she goes to her room. She, he goes to, to church here all the time, she don't go to church at all, whatever the case may be. It's like we got married, couldn't wait to do this. So what, we could do this? What happened when it was new? You didn't want to leave the house. You wished honeymoon in Hawaii could last forever. Okay, Hawaii. It would last forever, but it won't. Do you know people in Maui get divorces? Go figure. Here's what you think. Man, if we were in Maui, if we were in the Bahamas, we'd be in love forever. It's not the Bahamas that make you love each other. Right. Amen. 
The new becomes normal, and what becomes normal we devalue, we do not invest, we do not maintain, and the next thing you know, the eyes of a man are never full. We start looking somewhere else. The Bible said, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. That's God said that. Where you do not keep putting on logs. Well, you know, love grew cold. Love will grow cold. Love will grow cold. There's nothing wrong with marriage. There's something wrong with people. Psst, psst, set still. Set still. God instituted marriage. There's nothing wrong with marriage. Young people today want to have sex and stuff. They've actually been taught to think it's just an act. It's not that big a deal. You are numb to newness before you can get married. There's a reason why God said after marriage. He has lots of reasons for this. The Bible said, teaches us that where your treasure is, there will your heart be all. You know why your heart's not in the marriage anymore? Stop investing. Stop giving. Stop forgiving. Stop working at it. You stop throwing logs on. Where your treasure is right now, there will your heart be also. Don't, 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 please don't come to my office. I already know the answer to all this. Well, you know, we just don't seem to have anything in common. I bet you got married that way. Who did you get married that way? You say, well, you know, it's just not working. I can tell you why that too, because you're not working at it. Marriage is work. Prayer is work. Church is work. Relationship is work. Keeping an old car looking like it's new. I don't know how to break the news to you. That is work. You may actually have to tell those precious grandchildren, eat it up before you get in the car, because you ain't getting in the car. And that's what I tell them. Guess what my wife says? Honey, they're just children. So look at the cars. Anyway, now, uh, this would be number three, honey. Now, uh, let's talk about your church. When you first came here, say this is what you did. Wow. This is really nice. Did you see the new building? Have you been over there? These people have everything. That's because it was new to you. Now you drop coffee on the floor. Oh, they have maintenance here, I think. And you go right on. Then here's what you do. This place is a dump. Who's going to wax this floor? How long did they only leave that coffee stain there? Did you see that raveling? You know there's two lights out? You know, we go on and on and on. Can I ask you something? When did that? No, CJ, I'm just kidding. CJ, really? There is? I didn't know. <laughs> look, look. When did the new become normal? Where your treasure is. There. You come here and set week after week after week. I promise you, the newness will wear off. But if you keep throwing logs on, it can stay new. Amen. Even though it's getting old. Anybody here? The reason that you're getting bored with everything around here, I promise you, look at your, just judge yourself, look at your own life. How much investment are you still putting in this old thing? It's like the car. First of all, I'm getting older. My car's getting older. Life is getting older. So just let the thing fall apart. Do you know, I was talking to my, I was talking to Mrs. Phillips this morning. And I said, you know something? The carpet layer doesn't want to go home and work on his carpet. The plumber He'll let the leak go in his house, but he'll come over and fix everybody else's. The mechanic will do the same thing. Do you know why? 
Because that's our job. When we come home, we don't want to do that anymore. This is why God said, husbands, love your wives. Why? We get so you know caught why? up in business. That's our we job. get so we caught up in our anymore. work. We get so caught. Oh, yeah, this is why you. God said, husbands, love your wives. Why? We get so caught up in business. That's our job. We get so caught up in our work. We get so caught. It was never going to change. He was never going to die. He was standing up 65 And here's what they almost always say. I don't know what went wrong. I just don't feel the same way. I can tell you why. Same reason his Mustang still looks new and he wants to keep it. Look, when I shine my car up and I've cleaned it inside and out and I get one of those goo-goo car wash good smelling things and I throw that thing in there. By the way, I almost always, almost always, not always, but almost always wash my car by hand even in the wintertime. I'll never do that. Let me see your car. Oh, it's just a thing. Hmm, okay. How about your church life? It's just something we do. I promise you, the more investment, the more labor, the more work, the more giving, the longer it'll stay new to you. Let me ask you a question here. You do not need, I'm going to make a statement, you do not need another new. What you need to do is renew. It's like the car that you fix it up and you go, son, that's still a nice looking car. Now, I'm not against you getting a new car, so you know, get, get all your chins back up, okay? Wipe the tear away. It's okay. Uh, I got Mr. Bell one, okay? By the way, mine is a 12. We're going into 18. The 18s are already out. So you're talking about a six-year-old car. Everybody goes by when it's clean up and go like this. Man, preacher got a new car. It's not a new car. Right. It is a new car that is constantly being renewed. My house was the same way. My house was one of the older ones in the addition where I used to live. And everybody, people come by like this. Do you do stonework? I said, no, not about Ray Start either. They said, wow, that's really nice. Did, what kind of a plan did you have for your, all your landscaping and stuff? Uh, I thought about it. <laughs> I wanted it to look nice. So I invested in working at it. The, the neighbors next to me where I used to live, a younger couple, and they, they, here's what they said, we don't have time, but I, wasn't, I don't try to make anybody else feel bad. I just want things to be nice. But my neighbors looked at that, and they went and got, uh, uh, who, who's the tree and shrub uh, nursery? Big, big, uh, Oakland Nursery. And so they got some people to come down and design landscaping on one side of their house, one side, the one that faced me. And because they'd come over and go like this, what kind of tree is that? Is that hard to do right there? So I guess they said, we can't do that. And so they got somebody to come and design. Well, they got designed, and then they had the people put in six or seven different little shrubs, a half a dozen different kind of flowers, and charge them $1,500. Yeah, I was kind of bored too. And so what happened was, I said, they, and when they got it done, and it looked nice. It really did. It looked really, really sharp. And I said, you know, there's one thing wrong with having nice landscaping. You know what it was? You have to take care of it. Or it takes one season for it to not look like nice landscaping. Now, if you've ever done landscaping, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The nicer it is, the more work's involved. 
the nicer the car stays looking nice, the more work has to be involved. Listen carefully. The longer your church you'll stay in love with it, the more work you've got to put into that. You come here and do this. What kind of investment's that? Stand to sing. Yeah, I don't like singing. Okay, it's time to give. All oh, church wants his money. How long do you think you'll keep this investment here? People are bailing out of churches that one time they said this, that's my church. Man, you talk about a great place. That is the place to go. How did you go for it the same way that Alyssa and I that were married at one time? I didn't mean to break news to you. And uh, now it was like this. I can do without her. I, I don't, look, I don't, there's, there's more than one fish in the sea. But who wants to marry a fish? Amen. Now, that's fine. I'd probably get a squid anyway. Now, David, as we read in the psalm, David, watch this. David had been serving God since he was a child. David wrote songs about the Lord. David wrote poetry about the Lord. David had a real close relationship with God from the time he was a little kid all of his life. He walked with God. He and God, I mean, it was like it was new every morning. It's like the Bible says, God's compassion and mercy is new every morning. Every morning, it's new. And it can be new to you every morning too. It does not have to get old. So what happened was David began, as all kids do, as you get older, there are struggles you thought were never going to happen to you. There are heartaches you thought, yeah, but that was my mom and dad. That's not us. Yeah, the Bible talks about a guy named David. My name's Bob. As though now the Bible doesn't apply to you. That's a real dumb way to approach life. So David starts getting into all these circumstances, problems. A guy who loved the Lord. And one day, David got in sin and thought, I need to change direction. Lord and I are not walking together anymore. I need to find a new direction. What happened was the newness that David always had and the reason he always had it, because he worked at it. When he's out on the hills, he wasn't doing this. He was concentrating on God. He was musing about the Lord. He was writing songs about the Lord. He was praising God while he was working. But then one day, a lot of that stopped. What was new to David now had become maybe normal. One day, David looked around and said, my love for God. Wow, did you see her? Whoa. And his love for God began to die out because his eyes became full with something else. So David ran into a big problem. In Psalm chapter 51, verse number 10, here's what David said. David did not say, save me again, because you can only be saved once. David did not say, give me a new spirit. David said, renew a right spirit in me. He said, I had a right spirit, but it's not like it used to be. It needs to be renewed. Uh, You ever hear somebody say, my wife and I, I think on our 25th anniversary, we got married again. No, we didn't get married again. We recommitted to our relationship. So we actually stood up here. Girl, sit still, please. We actually stood up here, held hands, gazed in each other's eyes, the whole, the whole nine yards. You say, oh, that's so silly. Uh, it's silly because if you don't keep it new, that's what you think. So we stood right up here and looked at each other, and I think my son did the, right, all the kids in the church and everybody, and, and we, we did the whole thing all over again, okay? Now, before you get all upset, oh, yeah, you know I'm this and I'm that, would you think about others for a moment? Amen. Right. 
Somebody just liable to come to you one day and said, I just don't love you anymore. And you're going like, yes, that happened to me too. Why don't you just, look, look, work at this. Stay at it. Make it new. Invest in it again. It will still, it'll still work. If you work at, most things will work if you work at it. They, they really will. Um, so, so what happened is, where was I on? Oh, a, he said, renew a right spirit within me. I'm almost done. David did not need new joy. David had joy. It just needed to be renewed. David didn't need a new spirit again. David needed to renew. That's what he asked the Lord. You see, we need an outward look, not an outward excuse. We need to start looking inside. Look, you know what the problem is? Me. Sir, ma'am, in your marriage, if you quit saying, yeah, him. Well, see, there he goes again. Well, look at that. Well, that's all you're doing is saying, it's me. It's you. Sure it is. He should be saying the same thing. It's amazing if you'll just go in that kitchen and put your arms around her waist and say, hi, I'm sorry, I was out of place. Yeah, you really hurt. You know how women do. Yeah, you really hurt. And she'll go on for 15, 20 minutes and you go like, yes, there, there, come here. It's okay. Put your head down right here. It's all, I'm still here, sweetheart. I love you. Now, fellas, I'm giving away trade secrets right here. <laughs> She's looking for security and safety again. Like she got when you were first married. She's afraid that the newness is going, that's all she wants. Make it new again. When you were first dating and something happened, what did you say? It's all your fault. If you did that, I don't know why in the world they ever married you. But what you did was say, honey, no, no, no. Well, I shouldn't have done, no, 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 it's my fault. I, I shouldn't tell you this story. My, my wife knows about this. Before I got married, I was dating a, actually was a relative of hers. I didn't know that at the time. Okay? Don't, don't start getting, honey, I'll do the preaching. Now, so what happened was, you know how you do to win somebody over, you let them drive your car. Oh, that was a mistake. I've never driven before. It's easy. Like falling off a bicycle. You fall off anytime you want to. And so I said, okay, sit right there. And we were doing fine as long as everything was straight. We got to a corner, and I said, okay, I want you to turn right here. So she start, I said, no, no, just turn the wheel. Well, the car was coming like a mile down the road. I mean a mile down the road, seriously, a mile down the road. No, I'll wait. There's a car coming. I said, don't worry about it. It's okay. It, they'll stay on their side as long as you stay on your side. Well, she did. She stayed on her side, and then the... Um, um, the, the no the um, the ditch side until my car was in the ditch like it was rubbing on my I mean I'm hanging on it's this way and here's what I said oh I said that I knew I said it's okay it's just a car I was furious I was furious. But we see we had this new relationship we were building, so it's okay. Now you go like this. Your legs aren't broke. Get your own door. (laughs) Well, you retard. I got to help you do everything. You didn't say that. You did not say. And you didn't get that car and go like, it's just a piece of metal, whatever. You know, it's material stuff. God, by the way, God wants you to take care of what he gave you. It's called stewardship. Everything you have belongs out. You take care of that car. You take care of that yard. You take care of your body. You take care of your marriage. You keep that new, new, and it'll last you a whole lot longer. So what happens here, we need an inward look, not an outward excuse. We need to clean up and maintain what God has already given us. We do not need something new. What God gave you is good. Amen. 
We need gratitude, not attitude. It's amazing when you start being thankful how much newer it becomes again. Wow, you know something? I love this place. You know what that'll cause you to do? Love the place. Isn't that weird? That's why I come to church. When you walk down the hallway, do you do this? Whatever, you know, guess it's church time again. You know what I do? Man, this is something. Look at all these rooms. And I'm, I'm sure I haven't been here as long as you have. But it's still new to me. It's still precious to me. Amen. I still want to take care of it. Amen. I don't walk down the hall eating donuts and just letting it fall everywhere. Right. Do you know, you know why you do that? Number one, you weren't trained properly. Number two, you don't clean it up so you have no investment. Okay, we better go on. Now, we need to consider what we have, not complain about what we think we still need. Let me give you some helps and I'm done. You ready? Number one, some helps to keep things new. Number one, recognize you do not feel and react the same to what you had. You mean to tell me you can't tell that you and your wife or you and your husband aren't getting along like you used to? Are you really blind? I can. You mean to tell me between you and another person that at one time you said, I love that person. Man, what a great person that is. Now you avoid. Now you walk the other way. And here's what you say. Oh, I was just, uh, I, I, was, I, I didn't see you over there. Really? Okay. You know I know, right? At one time, I've had people tell me, preacher, you preach like Curtis Hudson. Oh, my goodness. You've got to be one of the greatest preachers. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And you, it wasn't one year later the guy pulled out, called me names, brought in 26 things I need to change about my ministry and took other people with him. Just back in the storefront. So it hasn't changed at all. Now, so what happens is you need to recognize, you need to recognize you do not feel and react to the same things that you used to have and how you used to act. And be honest about it. If you're not going to be honest about your car, look, it looks that bad because you haven't taken care of it. You have popcorn from the last time you were still out. It's in the bag laying on the back seat. That smell is that old piece of carpet you threw in the trunk and never did get it out. You have tools in there from how many years ago? Well, you never know when you may need them again. Then buy a truck. You know why kids walk in and out of your house the way they do? Because you don't make them clean it up. They have no investment. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Number two, put work back into it. Your car, your house, your relationships, your marriage, your church, It's amazing how many people are tired of their salvation. At one time, you were right here at this altar, bawling your eyes out, going, I can't believe God would forgive me and say this God be the greatest. That's like it. Is this it? Whatever. I don't know what he's so excited about. Does he know it's almost New Year's? What's going on around here anyway? Do you know what you did? At one time, it was new. As the newness wore off, You didn't reinvest. You didn't maintain. You didn't keep it clean. You slowly let it die out, and what you blame it on is the church. Not true. It's you. Because I was talking to, uh, uh, who was it that, oh, there was somebody in a ministry, Sharon, would you say? It wasn't him, wasn't him, Um, who, who was whining about his preacher talking harsh to him. 
Remember the story? And so in Florida, Brother Pledger would, uh, he, he was tree trimmer and, and all that kind of stuff. He'd climb big trees and cut them all down and he, he hates the forest. And uh, so he'd do all that. And uh, another guy worked in a place where guys were cussing and drinking and, and fornicating and doing all that. And here's a guy who grew up in church complaining that somebody hurt his feelings. So they're both listening to this. I mean, he's going on. Man, I just don't understand the preacher. I mean, he yelled at me. It really wasn't even my fault. And they're going on. And they both looked at each other and said, so the preacher cussed at you today? Well, no. Did he threaten to fire you? No. And they're both laughing. Do you know why? Every day where they go, that's what happens. You don't consider this to be new because the way you decide to look at it and you no longer make it the wonderful place that it was when it was new. I have been married for this year, 46 years, 7, 8, 5. Now, see, you do that. You, you wouldn't hear the end of it when you got home. Honey, I can't believe you've got... How, what, you've been with somebody else? You don't know how long we've been together? Put a cork in it. <laughs> My wife and I, I promise you, by the way, we do not always get along. There was a day we got into it, man. I mean, we got into it hot and heavy. And uh, I mean, when it was done, I got to admit, girls, listen, I was on my knees. I really was. Well, actually, it's kind of reverse. We yelled, we screamed. I mean, we got it all out in the open. I'm just trying to be honest with you. And actually, it was her on her knees. You know what she's doing? Come out from underneath that bed and fight me like a man. That's what she was doing there. I said, I ain't coming out. There's no way in the world. See, number one, you no longer have a sense of humor. Everything's absolutely critical with you. Number two, nobody should make a mistake. If they do, it's totally unexcusable. That's another problem that you have. Number three, you're not working at it anymore. You've got to invest some work in that. The Bible said where your treasure is, where no wood is, there the fire goeth out. Number three, ask God to help revive your spirit and your heart. You can't stay married, have a car, and just go, well, it's time. That's good. I'll plant another tree. That looks good to me. And it died next year. You go, like, hey, my fault. I planted it. You know what you're doing? You're going through the motions, but no heart in it. When I come here, I want to give myself Amen. to people, to the place, to God, to the ministry, to the singing. I'm just telling you, when he's singing up here, I'm going to sing right along with him. Quit judging whether he, boy, is he going to be able to hit that high note? Who in the world cares? Sing. Hey, you go home with your parents like this. We gonna do anything today? I'm gonna go in my room and play on my tablet. First of all, you act that way, I'll take your tablet from you. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad I'm not your child. You don't know how good I feel about that. Where am I at on this one? Oh, ask God for his help. You have not because you asked number four. Mentally and watch, verbally. Ah, oh, my wife knows I love her. Then tell her. Church, I, I like our church. I never heard you say anything. Do you ever tell anybody? You need to, you're welcome. God bless you. Now, be thankful and appreciate all you already have. Not when asked, you go like this. Oh, yeah, I meant that. Tell your wife that. Honey, don't you ever tell me you love me? Oh, well, you know I do. Oh, that sounds sincere, doesn't it? In the morning, 
Look at me. Look at me, sir. Get your pride out of your face. No matter how you feel, kiss her goodbye and say, I love me. (laughs) That's what I say before I leave in the morning. Honey, love me. Or she'll say, I love you. I say, love me too. It's better than what you're doing. Nothing. What are you giggling at? Better than what you do. Do you remember, though, when you are first married? Oh, honey, oh, honey, oh, honey, oh, no, don't leave. No, no. One more kid. Oh, just hug me one more time. Oh, come on. Now it's like this. Okay, so I forgot to kiss you. What's the big deal? You blame it on work. You blame it on circumstances. But I'm going to tell you, you blame it on what you want. You still go head towards divorce. You blame it on whatever you want to. That car is rusting out because you won't get the saw off of it. That house is looking like a dump, and I'll tell you why. Because you won't take care of it. Amen. Here we go. Ready? Man, this is good preaching. It's called character. Character. Number five. Remind yourself constantly of how much at one time you loved, wanted, appreciated that car, that house, that spouse, house, spouse, get it, church or your salvation. You know, I still remember when I first got saved, I would sit on the front row like this guy right here. But, but I, 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 would, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, it's not about me, so what do I care? Man, I set up on the edge of the chair. If that preacher slightly grinned, I want to see it. <laughs> see that? I know it's not like Joel Osteen. But, but you see that right there? I want to be close enough that if he starts, if he gets a tear in his eye at all, I want to, I want to see it. And when he's preaching and hooping and hollering, I, I want to watch. Look, here's what I do when I'm watching boxing. But during preaching, you do this. Preacher's giving all he's got, but you're not. But what? You watch that game. Here's what you're doing. Oh, you idiot. Oh, that was a bad call. But you come to church like this. We normally give ourselves and get excited about what we like. Don't fool yourself. Everybody does it. If I hand you a big tablet right now with all the movies you want to watch, see, you start to smile. If I told you your boyfriend was coming this morning, see, you smiled. I saw that. But it's just church. It's just the preaching. It's an old car. I mean, it's just an old car. You know why I become old? Because it's not new to you anymore. Miss Bell and I have been married for a few years. I'm not going to go through that again. And I promise you, we still love each other. I don't mean just in word. Do I have to explain all this? So, number six, let me say this. Quit looking at the new cars, the new house, the new spouse, the new church. That's not what you need. David said, renew. This is good. God, I need to feel right and new about it again. This is good. By the way, when is the last time you hugged your husband or wife? When's the last time a teenager in here went to a mom and a dad or whomever and said, "Um, can I tell you something? What do you want? Nothing. 
I just want to tell you thank you and I love you. It's amazing how the relationship grows when you start investing. Amen. Quit looking. Love and appreciate what God has given you. Invest time, invest effort, invest money, maintenance and upkeep. The thing will be newer, longer. I, I got I to quit right here, number seven. Remember, the eyes of man are never satisfied. Never satisfied. How many times have you heard somebody say, I didn't realize how good it was until I lost it? Your eyes went someplace else. How often have you heard, now looking back, I should have stayed? How many times you heard somebody say, I did not appreciate all gave me, nor God gave me, nor did, did for me, until I started looking at something else and lost what I had. It happens. Even with God Almighty. Even with God himself. You know, new becomes old. Doesn't have to. I've been saved for a long time. 46 years in April. 46 years. Keep paper quiet, please. Put it down. Put it down. Thank you. 46 years. That's a long time. Longer than most of you have been alive. I was talking this morning. Who was it? Jules or one of you girls. I said, yeah, back in, I mentioned a date, and she said, I was one. That didn't even sound fair, did it? You know, when I was in Vietnam, most of you weren't even born or were in deities. I've been at this a long, long time. I'm not oblivious of the battles, the struggles, the doubts, the fears, the wantings to quit. You say, preacher, you ever want to quit? Every Monday I want to quit. Sometimes two times during the week. There's a difference between wanting to and doing it. If you cannot tell that the love between you and your spouse is beginning to wane, not rain, wane, slowly fade, then you don't have a good relationship at all. You have no relationship if you cannot recognize that. If you kids cannot tell, there is a huge gap and distance between you and your parents, you and your grandparents, whoever it is that watches over you and is protecting and giving to you, you're dumb as a brick. Something is wrong with you. You know what you're doing? You're looking for new. What you need is to renew. How's your salvation? How's your relationship with your preacher? You know that guy that used to preach like Curtis Hudson? That was the biggest jerk. He don't know what he's talking about. Yeah, that, that guy. What happened to the new? You don't need a new preacher. You need to renew the relationship you have. Amen. You married couples, God bless your heart. I understand how tough it can be. But we're adding to the tough instead of taking from it. Your salvation, you still appreciate it? You still appreciate the day you got saved? Can you honestly still look up to heaven and say, God... That was a day, man. I mean, that was a day. Uh, yeah, let's see. I don't know. It's Thursday or Wednesday. It might have been a Monday. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, what, honey, what church did that take place? I'm just kidding. What church did that take place in? I don't remember. Really? Really means a lot to you, huh? Can you tell me where you got married? Can you tell me the day your son or daughter was born? But you can't tell me about that great and wonderful day that you got born again and become a child of God? You've been out of touch with the Lord way too long. If you're not saved, you need to get saved this morning. Amen. If you are saved, you might just want to come to an altar and say, God, yes. like David, renew. Yes. 
I don't need a new spirit. I need to renew the spirit you gave me. God gave you this church. God gave you that spouse. God gave you those kids. God gave you this preacher. God gave you this place. What you need to do is renew what you already have. And just maybe that car will be a classic one day. Or that house will finally get paid all for. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Dear Lord, please. I, I, I know it's hard to conceive, maybe until it's finally brought out, that the Lord Jesus Christ himself, the Lord Jesus Christ himself becomes kind of normal, not a big deal, just something we do. We did not receive you that way. You are our all in all. We would do anything for you, give up anything, start anything. You name it, God. We want this thing to last and we need you. The same thing we did at an altar when we got married. The same thing we did when we had that first child. We're going to do it all right. We're going to watch over. We're going to take care. We're going to listen to the preacher. We're going to do what God wants. That's God's child. We're going to do what's right. Then we begin to neglect, let things go, overlook what's right and what's wrong. And we say, it just went bad. God, help us, please, above everything, our salvation and our relationship with you. Please, may we go back and make that new again. And then, Lord, may we also look spouse with spouse and say, man, I've let this thing go. We don't talk. We don't laugh together. When we're together, we don't say too much. It's my way or the highway. God, I ask you to please help us to correct these things. We don't need a new wife, a new husband, a new church, a new direction, a new savior. We need to renew. God, please help us this morning. With every head bowed, every eye closed, listen to me. Mom, how's your relationship with your husband? How's your relationship with your husband? Wife, it's the last time you kissed him goodbye. When is the last time... You kids looked at your mom and dad and even said, I kind of care. That would be a huge start for some of you. When's the last time you looked at your church and said, you know something? I love this place. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You can make yourself what you should be. If things weren't right between me and my wife, I promise you, I'd go back and grab her by the hand. It may shock her at first because she's not used to you being spiritual and say, honey, we're going to make this thing new again. We're going to turn this thing around. We're going to build our marriage. We're going to help our kids. We are going to start living for God. We're going to invest so that we will appreciate what God has given to us. I'm not mad at you, and I'm not trying to embarrass or shame you, but I'm telling you, neglect will cause rust to take a piece of metal and eat it away. Dirt will cause carpet to wear out like sandpaper has been rubbed on it. It doesn't take a lot of work at it. It takes sometimes just neglect of taking care of it. Has the new become normal? Your relationship with your preacher? The old friendships you used to have? Say, preacher, I've really been hurt. I, I got that. I got that. Trust me. I've been there. I've done that. I understand. But that should not affect my relationship. That should not affect my relationship. Ricky, it's okay. That should not affect my relationship with my God. You kids in here, you say, I blew it. All kids blow it. 
Quit looking at your parents or people watching over you. Well, they're not perfect either. Okay, so we all agree. But the relationship's still falling apart. We need to do something about it. It was new at one time, and boy, was it good. Man, did you love it, and boy, did you appreciate it. And you even said, I am going to keep it this way. You don't need new salvation. You don't need a new church. You don't need a new wife or husband. You don't need a new mommy or daddy. You need to renew what God has already given to you. Are you in here this morning? Can I ask you something? Maybe you don't even have the new to begin with. Are you saved? If you're not saved, nobody's looking at you. They're dealing with some people on the altar. But can I ask you this? Nobody's looking, just me. Everybody praying, everybody praying, everybody praying. Can I ask you something? If you died right now, do you have Jesus Christ as your Savior? If you don't, would you do this much for me? Would you simply, by raising your hand, nobody's looking at you but me. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Okay? I want to ask you something. Would you be honest enough to say, Preacher, I'm not saved. You don't have to say it. You don't even have to look up. Just let me pray for you that God will get his way before it's too late. Would you do that? Preacher, I'm not saved. Here's my hand. Would you pray for me? You don't have to say anything. I'm not saved. Let me see a hand. Anybody at all? Preacher, I don't think I'm saved. I've worried about it. I've wondered about it. Or I know I'm not. And I ought to be. Pray for me. Anybody? Preacher, I'm not saved. Here's my hand. I need that new first. You can't renew what's not there. Preacher, here's my hand. I'm not saved. Anybody? Then I'm going to assume either you don't want to say that or we all are saved. If we're all saved, should we not be the most thankful people? Should we not be good stewards of what God has given us and not look at what we haven't got yet or what we think we deserve and say, God, thank you so much. Boy, you've been better to me than I'd ever be to myself. I love this place. I love my family. It doesn't mean there aren't any problems. It means I love them no matter what. I'm going to keep this new. I'm going to keep logs on the fire. Uh, Where my treasure is, there will my heart be also. Invest. Give your time, your effort, your money. Give what you can to keep things new. It'll stay new a lot longer. Folks, let's get our relationship back right with God. Okay? It has to start there. You do that, everything else will slowly work its way out from there. Father, help those, please, that in their heart and their mind know there needs to be something done It's not getting any better. We say we keep working on it, but it's getting worse, which means if we're working on it, we're going about it wrong. Something is wrong, no doubt about it. I pray that our hearts would break, that we would look full into your face and not keep making excuses or what will God do or I don't deserve. Just be honest with you. Like like a husband and wife ought to be with one another. Like children ought to be with their parents. Like people ought to be with their pastor. Like he's their friend. I can talk to him. He'll understand. You understand. God, help us to go to you. Please bless us this morning. As she plays, we stand in the building. If you need to pray, you come right now. Is your relationship in any of these areas, if it's beginning to wane, if it's getting weak, you need to come to the Lord and ask Him to help you. Just ask Him. He said, you have not because you asked. Ask Him to help you. David said, Lord, I need a right heart. I renew my spirit. It's been bad. God, I admit it. Help me, please. That's what you need to do. He said, Preacher, it seems like I'm at the altar all the time. I would rather stay at the altar and stay right with God than act like everything's wrong and everything's right and one day have to answer to God for it. Folks, somebody's going about this all wrong. Just run to the Lord. Run to Him. He doesn't hate you. He's not mad at you. Here's what He's doing. saying, Come on. Let's get
this right. Come on, let's walk together again. You're not mad at you. salvation it might even make you get right with God who knows investment causes you to want to give your heart give your heart back to church give your heart back to Christ give your heart back to your spouse your family okay glad to have you here this morning Uh, take it easy out in the parking lot it's really really cold out there if you have trouble starting your car I don't know what to tell you no Uh, maybe one of our fellows be able to help you but be careful out in the parking lots God bless you we'll see you tonight 630 you're dismissed make sure you shake hands with these young people down here Thank you.